It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Jackson Gatlin here, host of the Monday edition Locked On NBA podcast. Every Monday, I cover the three biggest stories in the NBA with the local experts from Locked On. It's an awesome recap of the weekend of the NBA and a look at what's ahead. Mark your calendars on Monday to join me for Locked On NBA podcast, available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team Every From day. the 12th floor of 50 Pin Place in Oklahoma City, Oklahoma, the home of 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK, welcome to the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am your gracious and humble host, Eric G., thanking you so much for making us a part of your day. Coming up on this episode of Locked on Thunder, we have got several treats for you. Not one, not two, but three big-time treats. You're going to hear from Billy Donovan on this show. That is segment number one. Segment number two, it's Paul George. And segment number three, it's Terrence Ferguson. As far as the talk and the content of what this show is going to be about today, we'll discuss how the Thunder may not be taking advantage of flying under the radar. Now, I know they're 9-1 in their last 10, and they're still not the talk of the NBA with all the drama going on. But last night's performance against Memphis did send up a few red flags. We'll talk about what those are in segment number one and how the Thunder can figure into the national narrative a little bit more than what they are right now. In segment number two, you'll hear from Paul George. We'll talk about the NBA trade that happened or, excuse me, the all-star trade that happened last night between Team LeBron and Team Giannis that sent Russell Westbrook to Team Giannis to play next to Paul George and what would what would Paul George do if he had an opportunity to guard Russell Westbrook? You'll hear that. And in segment number three, we learned some big-time things from yesterday's draft about the Oklahoma City Thunder and about Sam Presti. So what are those things we learned? And did the Milwaukee Bucks tamper plus Terrence Ferguson? All that coming up today on Locked on Thunder. My name is Eric G., I work for 1340 The Game and News Radio 1000 KTOK here in Oklahoma City, both part of the iHeartMedia family. I'm also the co-host of Game Day Saturday with Randy Renner. I don't normally mention that on this podcast, but I want to take a few minutes to mention it so you can hear me completely space it tomorrow. 9 o'clock tomorrow on 1340 The Game. Take a listen. Hear me space it when Randy... Um, when, when Randy Start when Randy Renner starts talking about assist. You're gonna want to hear it. Um, I, I I'd like to blame it on exhaustion, but I think I was looking at something in my computer, so I wasn't able to uh, blame it on exhaustion at all. But it's definitely worth you checking out. That's at nine o'clock. If you like this podcast, subscribe to it on Apple iTunes. Also, the easiest way to get this podcast is just say Alexa, play Locked On Thunder podcast. Or, hey, Google, play Locked on Thunder podcast. If I haven't mentioned it, I've covered the Thunder for five years. Think maybe I have. So let's jump into it today and talk about what happened last night at the peak as the Oklahoma City Thunder beat the Memphis Grizzlies uh, 117-95. A game that if you were just looking on your phone, if you had only gotten alerts about last night's game, you would have thought it was a dominating performance by the Oklahoma City Thunder. Russell Westbrook, seven straight triple-doubles. Paul George, another great game, and really, it, it, it wasn't. Um, it's become an all-too-common too occurrence 
with the Oklahoma City Thunder against these bad teams where they meander through and then sometime late in the game. And it's not even consistent when it's going to happen. Sometimes it happens in the last 12 minutes. Sometimes it happens in the last 18 minutes of a game. Sometimes even the last six that the Thunder decide to pick up the defensive intensity because they don't want to get embarrassed by a sub-500 team. And last night would have been the ultimate embarrassment considering that Memphis was only suiting up eight players. You would have thought, you would have really thought, and I think the Thunder did have this, this attitude coming into this game, that Memphis would be reeling because they had just gone through a dramatic trade deadline. They had gotten rid of Mark Gasol. Mike Conley is stuck in Memphis, and I'm going to use that word stuck because it looked like he was on his way to Utah to possibly play for a playoff team. That didn't happen. And guys have got to kind of be fearing about where this organization's going and what their place was, but that is not how Memphis played at all. They were scrappy last night. They did a great job with the zone. They made life difficult on the Oklahoma City Thunder, and it was almost as if it was almost as if the Thunder were kind of pulling a Muhammad Ali. They were kind of rope-a-doping Memphis last night. They're just going to hang back, hang back, hang back. And then finally, when Memphis was tired and exhausted, that's when the Thunder were going to turn it on. And that's all fine and well. I think that's all fine and well to have a few games like that in the NBA season. But with the Thunder, it seems like it happens so often, you wonder if they're really taking advantage of the fact that they're flying under the radar in the NBA. And... Now, in one on one hand, I will say the Thunder really can't fly under the radar because those who play against them, those who coach against them, know how tough an out that the Thunder are going to be in the playoffs. Um, certainly, Golden State's not going to look past them, or Portland or Denver. Everybody kind of gets it. But sometimes, mentally, if you think not enough people know how good you are, you can use that to your advantage, but I don't really see that going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder. And as far as the national narr narrative goes, yes, in my opinion, the Thunder should figure prominently in any NBA content that is on NBA TV, that is on um, TBS, that is on ESPN. If you think about all the major networks, when you're talking about the NBA, you've got Russell Westbrook who just passed Michael Jordan for the most triple-doubles in a row since Wilt Chamberlain recorded nine. So, historic. On his way to passing Magic Johnson this year for second on the all-time triple-doubles list. Paul George is playing at an MVP level. Steven Adams has rose to the rank of all-star consideration. Terrence Ferguson is one of the most exciting young players you have in the NBA. Jeremy Grant's coming along. And the drama supersedes what the Thunder are doing. This is one of the few times I agree. Actually, truth be told, I agree with Steve Kerr a lot, but I really agree with Steve Kerr when he says that it's all about the drama, it's easier to talk about, and it sells. And that's why KD even showed up on this podcast, because it's something that everybody's talking about. But I think the Thunder have earned their place to get a good two or three minutes per half-hour show, hour show, whatever, because what they're doing is pretty incredible. And at 9-1 in their, your last 10, uh, with some of the teams that you've beaten, that's certainly something worth noticing. But maybe it's not what the, maybe it's not what the Thunder want. I, and matter of fact, I don't think that's what the Thunder want. And some of that probably has to do with the fact that they're in a small market. 
Speaking of how weird a game it was last night, you know what? Let's let Billy Donovan talk about this. Um, certainly, he's going to have some perspective being the uh, head coach of the Oklahoma City Thunder. Here's the first couple of minutes of Billy's press conference last night discussing uh, what went right and what went wrong for the Oklahoma City Thunder. Well, it was a uh, you know, different kind of game in the first half. Um, you know, just watching them against Minnesota, they, they played a lot of zone in that game and we knew we'd see some zone here tonight. Um, I thought it broke our rhythm a little bit. Then I thought in that second quarter we did a really a much better job of, of attacking it and moving the ball and creating some penetration and you know generating some good looks. Um, you know, I thought our defense started to pick up a little bit better in the, in the second quarter. And then in the second half, I thought we really played really good basketball on both ends of the floor, both offensively and defensively. I thought we defended really well in the second half. And then I thought uh, we constantly had some. Um, some momentum and some penetration coming downhill. Certainly, the foul trouble with Stephen and Jeremy kind of hurt a little bit in terms of rotations and things like that. Uh, but you know, getting Stephen for most of the second half was certainly uh, was helpful, and he was certainly dominant around the basket. Go ahead, or... Go ahead Clay. Uh, Billy, I, I guess there's a question about Russ, and he seems to be in the teens with assists, exiting third quarters now. And, I mean, we're not surprised when he has, you know, 12 assists. But it's happening so quickly, and it seems to be fueling the team in a way maybe it wasn't happening previously. I, yeah, I don't know if it was necessarily fueling the team. I think you're always, you know, when your team's a little bit different and, and you're trying to form and create an identity, um, guys have a better awareness of where shots are coming from. You know, I felt like we were getting good looks early in the year. Um, you know, Russell, in my opinion, the entire year has done a great job moving the ball, helping us play with pace pushing the ball up the floor and misses and makes. Um, we just didn't shoot the ball well earlier in the year, you know, so maybe some of these numbers are, you know, didn't didn't look, you know, quite like they look now. But he, he's really done a great job all year long. You know, one of the things we really talked about with our team was to try to play faster. And uh, the thing that's encouraging to me is after 50-plus games, we're still playing fast. And he's obviously the catalyst behind that. And um, he has done a great job moving the ball. He's done a great job generating shots for guys. Um, he's forcing guys to run with him because of the way he's passing the ball. He's generating a lot of good looks. I mean, you know, Terrence Ferguson gets nine threes today, and a lot of them were at corner threes, and they're, they're hard to come by. And uh, so, you know, all the way around, um, he's done a, he's done a, a, a terrific job. And I, that's why I said I never really worried about, you know, everyone Toy's shooting percentage and he's not making shots and, you know, I, I don't worry about that with him. He'll, he'll he himself will figure that out and work that out. But the other things that he's doing, the defense, the rebounding, and the assists, and running the team has been great. Russell Westbrook MVP. Is that not what you got? That's what I got out of it. I got Billy Donovan saying Russell Westbrook MVP. And yeah, the shooting certainly has come around over the last couple of months with the Oklahoma City Thunder and. With it being as as good as it was in January, and as con and the way it's continued in February, maybe we're looking at a team that that's finally over the next few weeks really going to gel going into the playoffs. This is the Locked On Thunder podcast. Coming up next, Russell gets traded, huh? We'll talk about that on the LOT podcast. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked On NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. 
Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Just ask your smart speaker to play the Locked On Thunder podcast. Alexa, play Locked On Thunder podcast. Or hey, Google, play Locked On Thunder podcast. And we'll be more than glad to do it for you. You can also subscribe at LockedOnThunder.com and LockedOnPodcast.com. And don't forget about Locked On Sooners. You can subscribe to that at LockedOnPodcast.com. It's all right here, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Not only was yesterday the trading deadline for the NBA, but it was also All-Star Draft Day as Team Giannis and Team LeBron are put together and ready to go for the All-Star break, which in some ways for Oklahoma City seems like it can't get here soon enough for these guys, so they have an opportunity to push the reset button. And I think for Hamadou Diallo, it can't get here fast enough, so he can show the world that he is one of the greatest dunkers in the NBA. But the best thing to happen, the best thing that happened all last night in the NBA, regardless of Russell Westbrook's um, historic triple-double or passing Michael Yeah, I guess, you know, you passed Jordan. It's historic. I'm staying with historic. The best thing that that happened in the NBA last night, other than Russell Westbrook's historic triple-double and Anthony Davis not getting traded to the Los Angeles Lakers, was Russell Westbrook getting traded from Team LeBron to Team Giannis and doing it for Ben Simmons. And I think uh, Joel Embiid and Russell Westbrook are now on the same team together. Paul George and Russell Westbrook are on the same team together. I love it because, look, selfishly, it's something that I talked about here on the Locked On Podcast Network, which is this. I still, I, I like the idea of a trade. I would like to see the trades happen in-game. Maybe you're allowed one in-game trade. I think that would be a lot of fun for the players um, to just kind of switch sides at the middle of a game. And I think you could have just, look, you could get some really good laughs out of it. You do something like that. I also love the the idea of a steal where if Giannis was going to take Russ at six and say LeBron took him at four, Giannis could step up and say, no, what? I, no, I'm going to steal Russell Westbrook, but then he has to give his number one overall pick or his number two overall pick to LeBron James. There are, way, there are ways to work this out, but that's close. That's close. And these guys were having a lot of fun with it. But Chuck, Chuck won the All-Star draft last night. Now, you might want to give credit to Giannis for making the trade for Russell Westbrook and for picking Paul George. But Charles Barkley ended up winning the draft when he uh, joked with LeBron, why don't you just trade uh, everyone on your bench for Anthony Davis? LeBron laughed. Out, outward, he he laughed. I still think inside he was very he was crying because that didn't happen. But you know what? Screw the Lakers. They didn't get Paul George. They didn't get Anthony Davis. They have become very entitled over the last few years with the way that that organization is run. Get back to some reality, Los Angeles. Not everybody's going to deal with you, and that just puts more pressure on Magic Johnson this year, and that is fantastic. All right, so you want to know what Paul George thought about getting to play with Russell Westbrook? You want to know what he's thinking about what's going on with the Oklahoma City Thunder? Here's Paul George after the Thunder's win over Memphis last night. Well, last week or so, you've been talking about you know 
getting to that identity defensively? Did you feel like, particularly in the second half, you all you all did that tonight? Yeah, uh, we, we played a uh, good defense. We know this team. Um, it's not really a high scoring team. Um, I thought we did a good job of just defending. Were there some things inside the defense that were better as the game went along? It seemed like after that first quarter, you all really settled in. Yeah, I think we just got a hold of their personnel. Um, you know, outside of Conley and um, you know Jackson, uh, there's not many guys that can make plays, and uh, we just dialed into it. Well, there's some games where you know you might start off slow, and then and by the end of the game, you're shooting fifty percent from the field. Do you ever, in the course of the game, know when you're struggling? And then feel when you get to the point to where your your shot is there. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I just <clears throat> I let the game come to me. Uh, only time I really get into trouble, um, struggle wise, is is just when I force it. Uh, I try to be too aggressive um, instead of just letting plays develop sometimes. Um, but I can always feel, you know, as, as I get going, as I like start getting the looks I want. Um, then the rhythm starts to come, and um, you know, I start to get some easy looks. When you've been playing so well in the past couple of months, when when can you tell when you're fortunate? Because if it's somebody you just watch the game, and any shot might look like a good shot that's coming from you because you're shooting so well. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I I could just tell when you know I've maybe um, maybe broke a playoff or you know got into the offense. I'm starting to over dribble. That's when, when it's the rhythm is not uh, where I need to be. Um, a lot of times when it's just random attacks, and, you know, I can get a quick look off of one movement. Um, you know, that's when I'm at my best. Uh, when it's just you know, a quick move and I'm into my shot, or you know, a quick pick and roll, and, you know, I'm downhill. That's re- usually when the rhythm is, is at its best. What ripple effects do they have for Steven to come in and start scoring at the rim right away in that second half? Um, I mean, it's good. It's, it's, as much as we can get interior interior scoring, uh, the better. I think tonight they played a funky zone man kind of matchup um, where it was forcing us to shoot a lot of uh, threes just because those were open. Um, it was good to have a balance, to have Steve Orr in the paint. Um, He's a big presence and, and a good lift for you know us to get him down there and score. You flashed into the paint, so you just mentioned that funky zone. You flashed into the paint, got a catch, flung it to the opposite corner. Are those the types of things that can break a zone when you, when you can get to those spots? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, that's all it is. You just find a spot. Um, their zone works to try to keep us out of the paint. Uh, we get catches in the paint and fling it out for quick, you know, uncontested threes. Um, it's going to get a team out of the zone right away. Second year in a row, I think that y'all gone through a trade deadline and not had anybody trade away from the team. You know? Throughout the season, maybe a buyout or an offseason, y'all pick up a guy, but went through two seasons in a row now without having a guy leave. What does that do for a team to be able to carry through an entire season with you know, the same group of guys? Um, which is good. We know we started together and we're going to finish together. Um, really, what it, what it comes down to. Um, you know, everybody's at ease. Everybody can wipe the sweat off the forehead and, uh, you know, get ready for the second half. Have you seen your uh, all-star roster yet? I did. What do you think of it? Play a little traditional, too big uh, (laughs) in regards to what Giannis got going on. Um, But, you know, at the end of the day, we're going to have fun. Giannis plays the game hard.
even during the All-Star games. Um, so, you know, as, as the captain, I'm sure he's going to come out, you know, trying to guard and lock up everybody. Uh, so I'm looking forward to the matchups out there. What do you think about the last-minute swap between Simmons and your teammate Russell Westbrook? What did you think about that? I'm not the coach. I'm not the captain. <laughs> I'm just a player. Glad to have Russ on the same side. Absolutely. Absolutely. I told him I was going to lock his shit up. <laughs> Lucky he on my side. Anybody else? Well, speaking of lock up, you, got, you got James Harden on uh, Saturday. Just talk about what you have to do defensively to kind of stop him. He's been on the tear just as much as you. Yeah. Yeah, I'm looking forward to the matchup, um, as I'm sure he is as well. It's always fun going against James. Um, I won't get no details. I'll be ready Saturday, though. Thanks, Paul. I love the fact that he's going to get an opportunity to play just straight up against James Harden. Um, I, although I, I, I'm going to stop short. As, as, as excited as I am about it, I'm going to stop short of selling it like it's going to be some heavyweight fight, um, you know, Ali type Frazier style. I, I don't see that 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 being the case. I think both of them will have huge games. They'll both outclass each other. But I don't see a situation where Paul George just completely shuts down James Harden or anybody shuts down James Harden for the near future. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. I am Eric G. Coming up next, what did we learn from the draft? And did Milwaukee tamper? We'll tell you next. The NBA playoffs are right around the corner, and Locked on NBA is here daily to keep you caught up with all the late season drama. Every Monday, Jackson Gatlin rounds up the three biggest stories around the league, helping to break down the NBA playoffs. Mark your calendars to listen to Locked On NBA every Monday to be up to date. Locked On NBA, available on YouTube and wherever you get podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Don't forget to tell your smart speaker to play the Locked On Sooners podcast by saying, Alexa, play Locked On Sooners, or hey, Google, play Locked On Sooners. Locked On Thunder and Locked On Sooners, both part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What did we learn from the trade deadline yesterday? Well, one, I I think we already knew. Sam Presti is not a guy that's going to be easily swayed and we learned that the Thunder have a good enough team where right now you can get past the first round of the NBA playoffs with the guys you have, and you might be able to make it to the Western Conference Finals. Doesn't mean that the Thunder don't need to add someone, but they are losing prospects. If Wesley Matthews is hitting towards um, Indiana, and it looks like Wayne Ellington is not going to be available as well, the Thunder are going to have to do a little bit of digging here in the next couple of days. We also learned that you don't screw with Dell Demps, and if so, he's not going to trade you. He is not going to bend to your will. Real quick on New Orleans. So Dell Demps doesn't end up trading Anthony Davis. The Lakers don't get him. The thought is is that Anthony Davis is going to get dealt over the summer. What I do now if I am Dell Demps and I am being forced to play Anthony Davis for the rest of the season, which would somewhat worry me if I'm Dell Demps because I don't want to trade damaged goods. I don't want to take a risk on him getting hurt. But it also, the way I look at it, it screws over the fans if Anthony Davis isn't getting traded. What I do if I'm Dell Demps is I work on repairing that relationship. And I can't believe that, that people haven't thrown that out. I take the next few months 
to work hand-in-hand with Anthony Davis and with his agent, figure out what guys Anthony Davis wants, wants on the team, tell Anthony Davis what we can do, figure out a plan to build around Anthony Davis, and make sure he stays in New Orleans. That's what that, The next few weeks of your season should be totally dedicated to that if you're Dell Demps. Because, in other words, you're just throwing him out there. He may go through the motions. The rest of your team may go through the motions. And it's not a good situation, really, for anyone involved, except the fans, provided that Anthony Davis plays hard. And I don't, I don't know how convinced I am of that, but I don't know that I'm necessarily convinced that he won't play hard. And did the Milwaukee Bucks actually tamper? Their owner said in an interview that he's glad that guys like Anthony Davis are saying they want to go to Milwaukee because it makes them look good. Well, yeah, of course, but because he threw it out there and because you're saying stuff like this, does that kind of bring up tampering? I don't know. It's a bit of a stretch, but I would tell you now that if people said they would want to come to Oklahoma City and play, I'd be happy about that too. Chances are Anthony Davis threw that up as a ruse because... Milwaukee didn't have the assets to trade, but still, it's a nice compliment if you're the Bucks. Terrence Ferguson, another great game last night, so why don't we hear him to wrap things up. Here is Terrence Ferguson after the Thunders win over Memphis. Terrence, kind of the second game where you guys really changed things coming out of the third quarter. What were some of the big adjustments that you made? Uh, just our leadership and uh, with Russ, you know, just talking to us on defense and uh, getting everybody an impact, and then on offensive end, you know, second of zone. And I end up picking it away. How good did it feel for you to start seeing those threes go down there in the second half? Uh, it felt good. You know, and Russ told me he was going to beat me up if I stopped shooting, so I had to keep shooting. <laughs> <laughs> so are those dunks contagious as well? It seems like at the end of the game there, you guys were all on fire. Yeah, tell him I went to the dunk contest. You know, <laughs> 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 he taught me a few tricks before he goes. How many got everything? He, he got it all down, so uh, he don't need any advice from me. He, he got it. <laughs> Would you like better, the windmill or the alley-oop? Ooh, I, I haven't really seen any of the replays, but the alley-oop felt crazy. I'm not sure I, I even got it, but uh, I'll, I'll definitely take it. I'll get you back. Terrence, what changed for you all in the second half in terms of you know, your offense? Uh, again, Styles brought on the fast break, uh, pushing the ball, finding an open man, and, uh, and that really got us a lead. Ball has a tendency to sometimes it starts slow, but the next thing you know, you look at you know his box score, you get 27 points. With PJ? Yeah, PJ. Oh, he's a bucket. That's like, he's a bucket, yeah. It doesn't matter if he starts slow or fast, he's a bucket no matter what. He's going he's gonna to get, he's gonna get that ball into the net, and uh, that's the kind of player he is. He's an all star, uh, future Hall of Famer, and, and uh, so, I mean, that's, that's just who he is. Can can't downplay him. Is it surprising to, to look at the way that you start the game sometimes and then? see how quickly you can kind of get into a rhythm. P? No, no, it's not surprising at all. Everybody knows they accept the rhythm. Uh, once, that, once that first ball going inside the net, it's over for them for the rest of the night. So, uh, whether you start slow or, or start uh, get a quick start, you know, the ball's going to the net. Terrence, it seemed like in that third quarter you guys were really fighting over screens, not giving up some of the switches as much. Is that correct? And if so, do you feel like that had an impact defensively? No, oh, well, definitely. Uh, just being physical. Um, you know, uh, starting to get man the whole time, kind of, you know, getting the easy switches to the post up. I think Jaren Zach's got like 20 points in the first half, and that was, that was because of the switches. So, uh, second half, and you know, then trying to be physical with them, uh, saying our own man, and, uh, and it definitely helped. Terrence, what do you think of Dennis's dunk? 
Oh, that, that's a probably, that's, that's, that's probably the best luck of the night, honestly, to me. Uh, I think someone tried to block it, too, so I'm going to count it as a body. I'm going to count it as they ducked on somebody. In my, my opinion, my opinion he got a body Terrence, this is the second year in a row I think you guys have been able to keep it all together at the trade deadline instead of you know, losing a guy to the trade. What does that do for a team to be able to keep it together going forward throughout the entire season? Uh, I mean, we, we play for each other and uh, we know every guy's in the back room that means a lot to each other, so we have to try to have each other's back and uh, stay together for the whole year and it's special. And I mean, to do that and for uh, our our front office uh, to look at us as a special group like that and not training anybody. It means a lot to us and it makes us play harder. And Agnes is not Anyone else now? <laughs> Thank you, Jefferson. <laughs> Yeah, Matt Tumbleson trying to uh, cut off Eric Horn there and uh, not give Terrence Ferguson an opportunity to answer that question. Uh, but uh, Eric Horn would not be denied. This is the Locked on Thunder podcast. We'll be back on Monday to talk about the Rockets and the Thunder and whether or not PG showed up James Harden. Whether or not Russell Westbrook may have showed up James Harden. Westbrook, Harden, PG all on the same floor Saturday night that is can't-miss television Looking forward to it, and until Monday, I wish you nothing but the best. May God bless you and your family. Be excellent to each other. Everybody love everybody, and peace, love, and thunder up. You are Locked On Thunder, your daily Oklahoma City Thunder podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today.